Want to learn how to leverage your marketing to get clients on repeat? Charge a fee that leaves you with money in your pocket even after you've finished paying your bills? And finally, stop working with the clients that you've long outgrown? Liberated Business is a transformational program that combines group and one-on-one work so you get the best results possible. This differs from every other program out there because it helps you make money while supporting your joy and liberation throughout your entrepreneurial journey. Liberated Business starts this June and runs through November, and enrollment is open now. Visit thebadtherapist.coach liberatedbusiness to get all of the details and sign up. DM me on Instagram at thebadtherapist with any questions or to learn more. I cannot wait to get started with you. One of the attitudes that I try to take in marketing is just to be shameless. Just like, I am showing up. If you think I look dumb, I don't care. I mean, to be clear, I do sometimes care. It's not like I haven't gotten my feelings hurt. But I try to come back to this attitude of like, I have nothing to lose here. Like, am I going to not do the thing I need to do for my business because I'm afraid of like what a stranger therapist on the internet thinks about me? Hell no. This means way too much to me to have something like that stop me. That's just not going to happen. And the good news is is that that actually happens very rarely because that other therapist is totally obsessed with themselves. Hey there, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show, the podcast for current and aspiring private practice therapists who want to earn more money, work less, and have a way bigger impact. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist former goody-goody therapist turned six-figure private practice owner and therapist business coach. I'm here to help you learn everything you need to know about private practice and expanding beyond the one-to-one model so you can earn more money and increase your impact as a therapist without burning out or hustling. Using my proven liberated business method, therapists at all stages of business have been able to grow their income while becoming even better therapists. And I'm on a mission to help you do the same. It's time for you to get your time back and enjoy being a therapist again. You ready? Let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist. Last week, we kicked off a series on how to fill your practice with clients you love by specializing or niching, and today we're diving into marketing. Now, Most therapists typically have very strong feelings about marketing, usually bordering on hatred, and I used to be right there with you. I resisted marketing so much. And you know what? It was not very helpful. So in this episode, I'm sharing the biggest attitude shifts that I needed to make so that I could finally stop hating marketing and start enjoying it. So let's get into it. Like I said, my attitude was like a lot of other therapists. It was this, you know, I'm a therapist. I'm not a marketer. Like I went to grad school to be able to help people not to learn how to do marketing. And I was just like very, very resistant to it. I also think I had a lot of pride. I, (laughs) by the time I was starting my own practice, I had already been in the mental health field for like quite a while. And I kind of had this attitude of like, well, I already know my stuff. Like people should just want to work with me. And I totally get that. Like looking back on it now, I'm like, oh, how sweet. Like (laughs) that makes so much sense that I would think that, but also no, of course not. Like people need to know 
who you are. They need to know how to find you. They need to be able to tell that you're the one for them. Like, you know, go back and listen to the last episode if you want to learn more about like how important it is to figure out how to speak to your people. But I kind of had this attitude of like, well, I already have a master's degree. Like I shouldn't also have to market. And I was feeling frustrated and resentful because basically what happened was I graduated with this degree, but there was this whole other field of study that I basically needed to learn how to do. And I just didn't like that. I didn't like that that was the case. So I was basically like, I'm going to pretend that I don't need to do that. And similarly to how I've talked about my relationship with money and just trying to kind of like opt out or pretend as if that doesn't really matter. A similar thing was happening with this. I was trying to live, trying to like will reality to conform to what I thought it should be rather than working with what it actually was. And the truth is that we need to market ourselves. It's just like a fact of running a business. People don't know how great you are. They don't know how great your services are. And the whole point of marketing is to help them know that and to ease the path for them to going from somebody who is just hearing about you or maybe isn't hearing about you at all, all the way to somebody who's actually going to work with you. That's all marketing is. Um, we'll talk more and more about all of like the icky feelings we can have about it. Like it might feel kind of sleazy. So we'll get into that a bit later. But I think I felt the way a lot of us feel when we graduate with our degree or we get licensed, which is like, I now have this thing, my license, and that should just kind of do the job for me. Like I shouldn't also have to do something else. And we can almost expect our licenses to be like these magic bullets that now suddenly everything is going to be better. <laughs> like I'm reminded of being a little kid. And for like one Christmas, I wanted this like pink and purple and teal like Walkman. This was the 1980s or maybe early 90s, something like that. And I remember like having such a strong fantasy of like getting my Walkman and then like putting on my roller blades and skating down the street and suddenly being able to like do all sorts of tricks on my skates that like I totally didn't know how to do. It was like this Walkman is going to change my life. And I think we kind of feel that way about our licenses. We're like, oh, once I get my license, then I will suddenly have the ability and the confidence to raise my fees and people will want to work with me and I won't have to do anything else. And it's like, oh, you're sweet. <laughs> Dear sweet little Felicia, of course you have to still market your business. It's so cute that you thought you didn't need to. And so then I think the next step a lot of us will go to is like, well, I'll just like pay someone else to do my marketing for me. And I tried that. Um, and I still have somebody who helps me with my marketing. But my initial approach to hiring someone to help me with marketing was just sort of like, well, they'll just do it for me. That way I don't have to. And lo and behold, it wasn't very effective because it turns out I do, in fact, need to be involved because even the best person at marketing is going to need input from the person running the business on what the messaging needs to be. So all of that to say one of the biggest shifts that I had to make in my attitude was getting on board with reality. It wasn't working for me to pretend that marketing wasn't an important aspect of my business that I could just somehow opt out of it. I had to get on board with the reality that whether I liked it or not, marketing is an important aspect of running a private practice and we do need to be skilled in it. 
You don't have to be an expert. You certainly don't have to do it all by yourself. I would not recommend that at all, but you do need to be willing to invest in it. So what gets in the way of that? Well, I was scared. I historically don't like things that I'm not already good at, hence me totally dropping learning how to play the drums when I was a teenager. Because the thing about drums is that when you're bad at them, you're bad very loudly and you can hear and other people can hear. And if you're insecure, that makes it very, very hard to learn. And so that was a huge barrier for me when it came to marketing, because I kind of had this attitude of like, well, I'm supposed to already be good at this thing. And it would be so hard or so embarrassing to try it and waste time or energy or get it wrong in front of other people. I just had all this pressure on myself and I really wasn't seeing it initially as a place where I could learn and experiment. The other thing is um, like a scarcity sort of thing that can creep in when we're thinking about doing marketing. It's like, well, I have to choose the exact right strategy and I have to get the results really quickly because I'm so exhausted or I have so little money or so little time that I just do not have the room for this to not be perfect. And when we feel that way about something, more often than not, we just stall out. We can get really paralyzed and we just won't take any action at all in that direction Or we will, but we will just put so much pressure on getting results that as soon as we don't get those results, we will do all sorts of things. We might beat ourselves up about it. We might decide that whatever we learned is garbage and it can't work. We may decide that we're bad at it. We may just then like choose, you know, flip flop and choose like a different marketing strategy because what we were doing clearly wasn't working and there's, we're like chasing the next like silver bullet. So that scarcity mindset really stopped me from getting to experiment. And that was something that I had to shift. I had to start seeing marketing as a place where I could learn, where I could experiment. And one shift that was super important for me was basically seeing this as a lifelong process, that it didn't all have to happen right now. Like, do I have to pay my bills right now? Yes, absolutely. Do I need to figure out a way to earn income? Absolutely. Do I have to have marketing figured out right now or even in the next few months or a year? Absolutely not. This is something I'm going to be learning and growing in for the rest of my life and for the rest of my career. And now that I have that attitude, it's actually kind of fun and interesting. I think like as a therapist initially... I I think I had some attitude, maybe not as much as most, but I definitely had some attitude around like, well, I'm a therapist. I'm not like a business person. I don't do businessy stuff. I just help people and they pay me money. It's like, well, honey, you have a business. (laughs) That means you have a business. Or if you aren't running it like a business, then you've got a really expensive hobby. You know what I'm saying? Like I was seeing it as like, I don't do business. I do therapy. But the reality is that in a private practice, you do both. You are both in the employee role of the therapist who is providing the service to the client, and you're in the CEO role of the person who is leading the business, making those bigger decisions, being the visionary, thinking about um, ways to innovate, ways to grow and change and shift. You are both. And a lot of therapists leaving graduate school And even those who are deciding to go into private practice are really unwilling to see themselves as the CEO. They think I can run a business 
as the employee therapist. And that's that's not going to go well. So if you're hearing this and you're like, oh, that's what's wrong. Like there is a good chance that you didn't realize (laughs) that like there's this whole other role that you need to step into. And part of that is marketing. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that the CEO does marketing. I would almost say like that's yet another hat that you wear and another identity that you have in your business. But you need to understand that there are all these different hats that you wear as a therapist in private practice, and they're all really important. And if you can almost turn this into maybe more of a game or a puzzle, it can be so much more fun because then you're thinking about, oh, how can I learn here? How can I figure this out? Ooh, what happens if I press this button or turn that dial or I combine this color with that color? I'm like obviously mixing metaphors here, but like turning it into a place where you can play and experiment and grow. And if you're building a private practice, whether you think you're going to be in private practice for the rest of your life or you think you're going to be an entrepreneur for the rest of your life, chances are you're probably going to, you're building something that you want to have longevity, right? You're building something, you've gone through the trouble of creating a private practice because this is something that you care about, because it's something that you want to support you for the rest of your life and the rest of your career. So if you see this as anything I learn now can and will be useful for me in the future, it's kind of like the opposite of everything you say can and will be used against you. It's like everything I learn and experiment with now will be used for my benefit for the future. And what that means when you truly believe that is that there's no way you could actually waste your time and energy. Now, I'm not saying like, don't be reflective about this or kind of take an inventory. Obviously, you get to make adjustments as you need, but having this attitude that you can't mess this up because all you're ever doing is learning and experimenting, all you're ever doing is refining a process, then it takes so much pressure off of you to get it right right now and get the results right now. So that is a huge shift. Another place that I struggled or would get hung up with and like so many therapists that I talk to say the same thing when they're thinking about marketing or how to market, this especially comes up on social media, maybe more than like other marketing routes, is like embarrassment, like fear that we're going to uh, be marketing in public where other therapists can see us. And sometimes, you know, we're, we fear the same thing about clients seeing us. And we're going to be marketing and people will see that like maybe it's not going well or like we said we had some spots open and then a few months later we're still saying we have some spots open. And so people are thinking like, oh my gosh, how dumb this person clearly can't fill their practice. And like we're just all out there judging each other. And I mean, therapists are uh, a notoriously (laughs) judgy group of people, but here's like the really good news is you're not that important. And I say that with love. I used to say this to my therapy clients too. I'm like, Hey, you're not that important. Like no one is paying as much attention to you as you are paying to yourself. And this is both like good news and bad news. Like it's probably, it's definitely more good news than bad news. I would say, because like, oh my gosh. Right. But basically we are all the stars of our own shows. Like as much as you are thinking about you, The person next to you is thinking about themselves that much. They don't have time to track your shit on the internet and like pay attention to how your practice is doing because they're doing the same thing in their own business. Like they don't have time for that. If anything, 
like folks aren't tracking that. It's one of the attitudes that I try to take in marketing is just to be shameless. Just like I am showing up. If you think I look dumb, I don't care. I mean, to be clear, I do sometimes care. It's not like I haven't gotten my feelings hurt. But I try to come back to this attitude of like, I have nothing to lose here. Like, am I going to not do the thing I need to do for my business because I'm afraid of like what a stranger therapist on the internet thinks about me? Hell no. This means way too much to me to have something like that stop me. That's just not going to happen. And the good news is, is that that actually happens very rarely because that other therapist is totally obsessed with themselves. So there we go. This is also a really good reason, and this is going a little bit more into strategy, but we'll talk about that more next week. But this is a really good reason for why you need to be marketing because everyone is obsessed with themselves. And so if you want to stay top of mind, if you want people to know you exist, you are going to need to get in front of them more times than you probably think you should have to. All of the time I talk to therapists who are like, oh, I don't want to say the same thing. I already said it. I'm going to be annoying. It's like, do you know how many people like actually heard what you said and then like let alone paid attention and absorbed it and took the action you invited them to take? Like it takes hearing something over and over and over again for people to decide to move forward. So the best thing you can do is be noisy and shameless and get yourself out there and talk about how great you are and how great your work is and how excited you are to work with this group of people. That is so attractive and it just like helps people, it eases the process. And that's something else I wanted to say because I want you to think of marketing as a service. So again, we need to we need to think about all the people out there who would benefit from working with you, your skill set, your level of expertise, the passion you have for what you're doing, and how are they going to work with you if they can't find you, right? One question that my coach has like posed to me is what would happen if the people who really need your services like couldn't find you? Like what would happen if they just like literally no didn't know you existed? Like what are the implications for that? And I don't mean t- for you to take that on in like a you're burdened sort of way because I I know you and we can be very quick to do that. So that is not what I mean. I mean, you understanding that you can actually make an impact and that when folks are looking for help and you are the best person to help them, you need to make sure they know. That's part of your job as a business owner is to help connect those potential clients with the service that would support them. That is basically all marketing is. And so that for me helps me get out of the space of like, oh, marketing is sleazy. It's gross. We shouldn't have to do it. It's like, how else is this person going to know about me if I am not putting myself and my business out there? Like, what do I expect them to do? Come track me down at my house and say like, hey, do you happen to be a therapist? That's nuts. All right. So marketing is just finding ways for you to get yourself and your business and your services in front of your potential clients. There's nothing sleazy about it. It is actually a very high service to these people. And some folks are going to need to see you for a very long time. They're going to need to hear, I don't mean like as a therapist, but I mean like in terms of marketing, some people are going to need many, many more points of contact. Some people are only going to need a few. It's so funny for me because I've been showing up as the bad therapist for a while now. And I have some people who just like are so ready to go. They know they want to coach. They find out about me and they're like, yes, I'm in. I have other people who are like, 
following me on Instagram. Sometimes like they never even comment on anything. Maybe they join my free stuff. Maybe we have a conversation about them working with me and they're just kind of like circling around. And it takes like a year, two years for them to say yes. And it's like, everyone is going to be on a different path to working with you. And as much as you can stick with kind of like, I say like beating your drum, just holding steady with that drum beat, it's going to start to draw attention. And the people who are ready to jump in right away are going to jump in right away. And the people who are kind of like, yeah, that sounds interesting, but I'm not quite ready yet. Oh, maybe that's something I want to work on. I'm not sure. Right. You're like, it's cool. I got you. I'm going to stand here playing my song. I'm doing the same thing. You can come when you're ready. And it helps them know that you mean what you say, like you're really around. Like, That's one of the interesting things about running Liberated Business is that now, like, this is my third year running it, people are like, oh, Felicia, she does Liberated Business. Like, she's still doing that thing. You know, she didn't, like, do it once and be like, okay, bye. Like, that is something that she's really consistent with. And folks are starting to know me as the person who runs that, this group for therapists building their private practices. And they're like, oh, I can hire her for that. That wasn't like a one-hit wonder. She's sticking with it. Ooh, that sounds interesting. It must be really good, right? It's building that up. So when you can stay consistent and you can kind of not rely on sort of outward (laughs) uh, validation for your marketing, but just really treat it as a devotional practice, then it can become so powerful. So that's the next thing I want to talk about. I call liberated business, liberated business for a reason, because I believe that every aspect of our lives is a place where we can do our spiritual practices. It's not like we do our spiritual practice in our communities or however we do them. And then we have a business and it's like over one thing's over there and the other thing's in a different place. And those things don't meet. If you are spiritually oriented and you have a spiritual practice That is in every single aspect of your life. Business is not an exception. So when I'm trying to do something in my business and I feel insecure or scared or frustrated or angry or resentful, something is coming up for me that can be addressed through my spiritual practice. There are going to be some like nitty gritty tangible things that I probably need to address And there's probably going to be something that's coming up for me that's needing to be healed on a spiritual level. And so when I think about marketing, oh my gosh, that has been one of the most spiritually activating things I have done (laughs) in my business. Like there are a few things that rival that. I would say money is another place where I've been really activated spiritually, but marketing, those two maybe are even tied because Well, one thing, marketing has a lot to do with visibility, taking up space, um, saying I have something to offer in a really public way. All of that can really kick up any places where you feel like that's not true. Like if you feel like those things aren't totally true, if you're not totally on board with it, that's going to come up. If you're uncomfortable with people seeing you, if you're uncomfortable with people seeing you as an expert, if you're uncomfortable with people seeing you quote unquote fail, All of these things are going to come up for you to work with in your business. And so if you know that that is normal, if you know to expect that, then when it comes up, it won't be so hard. If you don't know to expect that, and then you get blindsided by it, this, you know, whatever's coming up is insecurity. Maybe you're comparing yourself to somebody else online who's marketing their practice. And you're like, oh, I wish I could do it like them. Why am I so angry? Why am I, you know, all these different things. 
If you think that that's not supposed to happen and then it does, you're going to not only be confused, but you might be feeling guilty or bad about yourself. You might not have a way of working with it. But if you understand that it is going to come up, then you can be more accepting of it. You can be more gentle with yourself. And what I strive to do in my communities is to teach a way to work with this so that you're not just, you know, okay, great. Now this stuff came up. What do I do? And that's what I think is missing in most of like the business coaching industry or just like business information in general. Because here's the thing, like the nitty gritty of running a business is actually not that complicated or hard. It's very, very straightforward. The thing that's hard about running a business is all of the shit that comes up when you're trying to do it. Like if business were like purely nitty gritty, factual you know, tangible stuff, we would all just Google stuff and then we would do those things and we would have great results. But clearly there is something else going on. When we try to go do those things, a whole slew of other things happen on a spiritual level that are showing up to be healed. So know when that happens as you're trying to grow your practice, as you're trying to grow your business, that you're not some freak It's not some weird thing that's happening to you and other people just like have it figured out and you don't know that this is really normal and it's coming up, I might say like for a reason, it's coming up to be healed. And it's so important to be in communities that actually hold you through that process. That has been so normalizing for me to just see it that way, that this is a place where I get to bring my spiritual practices This doesn't get left out. This isn't something that's siloed over here where I just do nitty gritty things. And then if if an emotion pops up, I'm like, ah, you don't belong here. It's like, no, this is the place where I actually like dig in the most in many ways into my spiritual practice. So just to review the things that changed, the big shifts that I made is I started to see marketing as a place where I could learn, not a place that I had to get it right. I really understood that marketing was a place where I was going to experience a lot of spiritual healing, where there was going to be a lot of opportunities for me to do some spiritual work. I also decided that I couldn't possibly fail because this is my life's work and literally everything that I do, everything that I learn will be used for my benefit. And finally, I started to see marketing as a service. It is a way that I do my part to get my work in front of the people who need it most. And then I trust, you know, our spirits to do the rest. Oh, I just remembered this piece I want to share with you. One of the things that I would do earlier on in my therapy practice is I would kind of, I would say a sort of prayer that was akin to, I would imagine me and all of the clients that I would have throughout my lifetime. And I would sort of pray or wish or, you know, you use whichever language suits you. I would imagine that we were slowly making our waves to each other and I would ask for wisdom so that I would know how to ease that passage because there's a lot of different factors. There's all the things I'm doing and then there's all of these things that are totally outside of my control. So I would ask for wisdom and guidance and the courage to do the things that I could do on my end to help smooth that path so that person could find me. And that just gave me such a, even saying it right now, it's like such a sweet, comforting feeling. It helps me see the places that I can influence things and helps right-size me so I'm not walking around thinking, 
you know, I'm God and I can just control. It's either like I can control this and I'm amazing or I can't control it and I'm a failure. It like helps me, again, get on board with reality, which is a huge part of the liberated business method. We work with reality, not against it. And this prayer wish thing was my way of really rooting into reality. So feel free to borrow that prayer, rework it to something that is specific to you, but that just gives me such relief just thinking about it. So the thing I want to walk you through next is just a kind of check that you can do with yourself when it comes to marketing, when it comes to like if you ever feel spun out about it, like what you can do to help get yourself back on track and move through it. So first thing that I would like you to do if you're feeling kind of stuck or spun out about marketing is notice where you're feeling spun out. Like what is going on that you're feeling off here? Maybe it's a visibility fear. Maybe it's fear of being embarrassed or failing. Maybe you're feeling like you have to get it right, like you can't learn. So you can listen to the first part of this episode again where I kind of shared with you where my attitude was not helping with me. And you may find that some of those things are true for you too. So notice what's going on first. Then take a fear inventory. I'm not going to go into this in great detail right now, but if you want to learn about it, you can join my free Facebook group, Healing Money, and there is a free course in there all about mindset work, including how to do a fear inventory. But basically, in short, it's doing some journaling where you write down all your fears, and it sounds scarier than it actually is. I love a fear inventory. If you want to learn more about that, let me know. Maybe I'll do an episode in the future that's just about that. But suffice to say that it's a phenomenal tool and it will help bring to light, it will help make the unconscious conscious. The other thing that you can follow up with after you've done your fear inventory is something I call being strategically delusional. So when it comes to marketing, it is so helpful for you to basically brainwash yourself into thinking that you are just doing it so well, you're doing it perfectly, you're amazing, everybody loves to hear from you, they're eating up your every word, you couldn't possibly mess this up, marketing is so easy for me, everything I write is amazing. So do you hear that? Like It's the the exact opposite of what our inner critic would be saying. So you're always kind of making things up, you're always kind of picking your own reality, And so rather than just letting your inner critic bully you and tell you mean things about yourself all day, just come up with some strategic delusions. Talk about how amazing you are at uh, (laughs) marketing and like how people, people aren't following you yet, but they're just like looking at everything you're making anyway. And they're just like swimming around the edges and they can't wait to get close to you. And like, oh my gosh, they're so excited, right? You can have so much fun with that and it can help you actually take the action you need to take so that you can engage in marketing. That is also in the mindset course that's in Healing Money. So if you want to spend some time in there digging in deeper to these practices, it's totally available for you for free. So go check that out. We'll make sure that the link is in the show notes. And The last thing I want to leave you with in terms of something practical to do is to pick one place this next week where you are going to show up daily. Doesn't matter where. I don't care if it's on social media, an email. It can actually be in networking. And I want you to just share about your work. 
whether that's sharing about it online or making sure that every single day you find some person or some opportunity to say like, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'm a therapist, I do this for work, these are the people I help. I want you to take the pressure way, 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 way off, keep things super simple, and just pick one place to show up daily. That place can be healing money. You can go in there and practice this with other therapists in a safe space where we do zero shaming And I would just honestly love to see you there and support you in your journey and becoming more visible and expressed as a therapist and also just as a human. So come hang out with us there and thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're feeling encouraged and relieved and you're leaving with some really good tools to help you see marketing as a place where you get to play and learn and connect with your people. Tune in next week where we're building on this topic. I'll be walking you through how to choose the right marketing strategy for your therapy practice and avoid common marketing pitfalls. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave a review and a five-star rating if you found this podcast helpful. I'll see you next week. That's all today for The Bad Therapist Show. Thanks so much for hanging with me. I hope you got some gems that you can start using right away in your own business so that you can break out of good therapist conditioning and build the business that you want. If you've gotten something out of this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with one of your good therapist friends who really needs to hear it. And while you're at it, please consider leaving a rating and or review so that we can change not just our individual businesses, but transform the mental health system that got us here in the first place. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week for more private practice and coaching tips. Remember, bad therapists make the best therapists.